It's the Dogcast, episode number 486. Hey, it's Christmas time. You're probably sitting in traffic, and you're going to appreciate a 50-minute long Dogcast. Players are coming, players are going, and we've got all the news you need to know. dog fans ho 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 merry christmas from the bunker and your christmas present is some recruiting wrap up from the bunker the dog cast crew me and jamie i should say really just jamie jamie stays up like he stays up at night thinking about recruiting like worrying about recruiting you know jamie i'm kind of famous for not caring at all about recruiting but i gotta say uh Recruiting has become more exciting in the past few years, but and I, I do get it and I like it and it's kind of interesting, but that said, recruiting never been my thing. Not my thing, you know? Yeah, it don't have to be, Derek, because recruiting is Kirby Smart's thing. It's <laughs> kind of mine too, but Kirby Smart and company, that's their thing. And they might put more emphasis in recruiting than they do anywhere else. They know. Del McGee is on the mother, isn't he? Oh, Sam Pittman, Del McGee. I mean, all of Glenn Schumann. These guys, they are flat-out closers. Closers. You could have put them on Wall Street back in the 80s, and they'd have been billionaires. Yeah, I know, right? These guys can pick them, baby. They can close, man. I tell you what, it was a great class. I think uh, composite overall ranked number two. Number two, yeah, we're we're number two by default. Um, no fault of the staffs that we fell that far to number two. We <laughs> should have a firm grip on number one, but due to the whispers, maybe no one's heard about this, but we got a quarterback talking about transferring, so that muddied some waters with some players. But we held on, and we're able to maintain the number two spot. Man, I tell you what, it is um... – you know, back in the day, we used to do the reverse recruiting show that uh, was basically the only recruiting talk I ever talked about was telling Georgia fans how recruiting didn't really matter, didn't really translate to on-field performance, right? We'd have a uh, a top five class, and uh, we end up with a couple of nine and threes and an eight and four, and help maybe we shoot the lights out with a ten and two and uh, finish the season ranked about eighth or twelfth or 15th or something like that you know and it just it just never translated to on-field performance but that doesn't seem to be the case anymore and as such people are getting excited when we start raking in a half a dozen five-star recruits right i mean it's pretty awesome we bring in five five stars guys that are ready to play right now we did we did lose a five-star, or maybe we're going to lose a five-star. I don't know. You want to talk about this five-star that seems to be headed out, or you want to save that? Man, let's go ahead and get this out of the way, I think. I mean, no sense in focusing too much time on somebody that doesn't appear 
to want to be a dog, but it is a topic that everybody wants to hear about. So let's let's knock this one out of the park. So I wanted to lead with, honestly, an apology. I want to apologize to the listeners because if I blow it, if I miss it, you know, I'm going to own it. And I got to tell you guys, I kind of missed this whole Justin Fields thing. I mean, I really did miss it. And yeah, I don't know. I feel bad about it. I don't feel too bad about it because I feel like maybe everybody missed it. A lot of people missed it. But this damn Justin Fields thing has been going sideways in a bad way for a long time, and I did not have a whiff. I'm telling you, I don't know, man. Kirby Smart's program control is tight because I did not even catch a whiff from guys inside or outside Butts Mirror that this guy was as toxic in the locker room and on field as he was. But the good news is it seems like, Jamie, Kirby Smart, as always, on the mother. Kirby's got a plan at all times. Y'all might have heard me mention this before. Kirby controls the narrative. I mean, (laughs) he he controls it to the point where there were no leaks about the attitude in the locker room and on the field at practice, wherever it took place, and all the places it took place of Justin Fields. I mean, and turns out, I mean, kid was, like you said, he was toxic. Still is toxic. But Kirby's doing what he's got. He's handling it the way he needs to handle it for future recruits. You can't, the coach just can't go be honest about the kid right now. You got to paint a picture that the coach supports the kids. And I'll say this Justin is doing what the rule says he's able to do. Sure, and he's doing what he feels like is the best thing for him. And that's fine, right? I mean, you know, we're comfortable and, and well, I, it, it is fine, but ju- I'm just going to be honest with you. Do I have to like it or support it? I don't have to, and I won't. I'm not right. going to. I mean, if he stays for some reason, I'll support him. I'll support him. If he leaves, he gets nothing from me. He And, and all this, this narrative on Twitter and everywhere else, well, Justin's a damn good dog. If you leave, you're not yeah. a dog at all. You're not a no, damn good and you're dog. Complaining, and you're complaining about your playing time two weeks into the season when ten weeks into the season is pretty damn clear. You don't know your ass from a hole in the ground, right? I mean, he was not an effective signal caller, right? I mean, he's got talent and a skill set, but that is different from being able to run the offense. It's, it's just, it's totally different. It's drastically different. It's drastically different. And turns out, I mean, he doesn't have the attitude to match the skill set. I mean, he was suspended for a game this year. We didn't know that. Um, so, yeah, it, it's shown. All, he, did he have a decent game against, what, who was it that he looked pretty decent against? One of the FCS? Uh, FCS. It was, the, was it the Massachusetts game? Maybe it was Massachusetts. Late, late in the game where he threw, you know, yeah, you think you, that was probably his best game, I think. Yeah, so he, is the kid a complete bust? I don't think so. I mean, I think that given the opportunity for him to dig in and want to learn, that I still think he could be everything that we thought he could be. But the first step of learning anything is having the desire to learn it. You can't, you, you don't learn by being handed something. You learn by practice and earning. Yeah, and you don't come in with the attitude that, 
I'm the damn number one player in the country, right? right. I'm going to bend this program to my wheel. That is that just that is not the world of Kirby Smart, my friend. Not at all. And Jake Fromm just broke him, basically. Jake Fromm broke Fields, uh, broke his mind, I think, broke his damn will to compete. I mean, just broke him. And this kid's throwing in the towel. Like you said, now, if he's going to stay, I welcome him, right? He's like, hey, I mean, the things he said about, hey, I came here to learn a pro-style offense. Jake Fromm is better at running pro-style than I am, and my job is to get better as an NFL guy, to get better for the NFL. I need to be here. If that's what he really thinks, then, you know, yeah, he should stay and develop his talent, and maybe he could get somewhere. If he wants to do the spread thing, I mean, hell, he can go to Oregon, right? Hell, he could go to Oregon. He could have went to Auburn. Hell, there's lots of places he could go. I, I don't care. Good luck to you, buddy. Yeah. Um, good luck to you. Here's the thing. he could Everything he said could have mattered up until the point where I find out that you've got an attorney involved. Right. <laughs> so I believe anything you've ever told me. So, yeah, that damn good dog narrative, it's out the window. In my opinion, he's not, like I said, he's not a dog at all, especially of the male variety. Get to stepping, baby. Exactly. Get to stepping. I'm That's okay. That's what I got now. on Justin Fields. I mean. That's it. And you know what? It is. He has cleared the board for one of our, one of the dog has favorite players, the legend, the myth. And the legend, the Stetson Bennett. Mailman. <laughs> Stetson Bennett, back on campus, left for JUCO, started for a year, and decided he'd rather come back and be a dog. Now, let me tell you something. Stetson Bennett, that's a damn good dog. Stetson Bennett going 17 of 18 on the ones defense, on going 17 of 18 against J.R. Reed and DeAndre Baker. That kid saying, I'll come back and run your scout team. I'll be your number two quarterback. That is what a damn good dog looks like. A guy that looks like, Aaron, I mean, hell, you know, the legend of Aaron Murray. Now, there's, uh, there's no bigger fan of Aaron Murray than the dog than me. And having guys around the program that, that get it, that are bought in, that's the kind of guys I'm looking for. Exactly. I mean, he, he's he's not the ideal height. He doesn't have the ideal arm strength. But what he's got, what he has right now, he could walk on campus today and walk in that quarterback room, and he would know that offense better than anybody not named Jake Fromm. And exactly. we need that. Whether Hell just, yeah. Whether Justin Fields stays or goes, we need a guy that we can run out there right now in case of emergency and run our entire offense. And the Jeez, I love do it. That. I love having Stetson Bennett in our back pocket. I know it's not the best thing for him. I mean, I, I get it, man. If you're a player, you want to play. But, man, I sure am happy that Stetson kind of swallowed his pride and, or whatever you want to say. Whatever it took for him to come back, I'm damn happy he's back. I think it took just him not having to pay to be there. I mean, if you're going to – he could go somewhere else and get to possibly start for free – or pay to be a scout team backup. I mean, Georgia's not yes. cheap. And by the time you factor in the expense of living and, I mean, loans don't cover much anymore. So there's a lot of out-of-pocket. I don't know anything about his family's financial situation. And even if they're great, I mean, it's still a lot of money to shell out if you don't have to. If you've got an yeah. option somewhere else that doesn't cost anything, 
that might be the best option. So now he, he can go somewhere that he loves and not have the stress of the financial liability. I tell you what, I'm just happy to have him back, brother. Absolutely. I'm glad he's there. Um, so let's talk about this year's class. Four top 25 recruits, the only school in the country to sign more than three. We signed four. Nolan Smith, Dean Webb, Trayvon Walker. Tell me some recruiting news, Jamie. This is your day, Braby. This Get is, on it. This is my day. Let's it's talk. Jamie's Christmas. It is my Christmas. <laughs> it's recruitment. Um, happens every year. Everybody should get on board because, I mean, this is this is what's happening now. I mean, as I was telling you before we went live, I mean, this recruiting is a separate entity within itself. It's another game. You guys that feel kind of down when the season's over, it's really not over. You've still got recruiting, and you can get just as involved and where these players are going to land, and then the behind-the-scenes workings of how this really works. That's another show within itself. I could take hours just to get everyone to grasp that, but, I mean, it's fun. It's just fun to see how it all falls together. But we did something that I don't think we've ever done. Actually, I know for a fact we've never done. I'm, it's one of the things I'm most proud of about this class. We signed the number one player in Alabama, right from under the nose of Nick Saban, and there was nothing he could do about it. The number one awesome. <laughs> offensive, rated as offensive center, but he's going to play guard in Athens, 6'3", 295 pounds, the number 22 overall player in the nation. He's a state championship level wrestler, so his athleticism and flexibility, it's all there right now. We're not going to have to fix that when he arrives. Well, in fact, he's already arrived. He's on campus practicing right now. He's practicing. That's so at, awesome. Yeah. I love how, before, I know you're, but man, I yeah, love man. it how these damn high school kids, like, they wrap up high school in December and immediately drive to college, right, and get right to work. I mean, Man, that's just something people didn't do when I was in college, right? That's just oh, He's like, hey, there's football practice I can make over in Athens, right? This kid's practicing on the Sugar Bowl team right now. I mean, it's like, it's just crazy that that's even possible. But holy shit, that's that's modern football. Yeah, he's getting run at third-team guard right now. And he's getting with against the third-team defense. And he's getting to the second level quicker than guys that have been practicing against the third team all season. The kid's going to, I mean. Oh, I'm telling you. This is great theft. Yeah, think about Sam Pittman, what the job Sam Pittman's doing with guys like Andrew Thomas and Cade Mays. And then you, I mean, and now this kid, I'm telling you, he's like these freshman offensive linemen. That is like a thing. That we couldn't even talk of. That's not even. That wasn't even a thing until two years ago, right? Yeah, no, it wasn't I a thing at all. This Thomas was like, we were like, wow, a freshman is going to start on offensive line, and now it's just hell. This is just the thing we do now. Right, this kid's going to come in and compete right away. He's not. I don't. I don't see any reason that he's going to redshirt at all. I think he comes in and gets right in the depth chart right away. Yeah, awesome. Clay Webb. Clay Webb. And let's stick to offense. There's a lot of talk of, you know, 
and, and he hasn't announced yet. He signed his letter of intent, but he's not announced until his All-Star game. But the number one wide receiver in the nation, Jaden Hazelwood, likely is not coming to us. He's a him and Fields are BFFs. I mean, they may. I, I'm not even going to go there. They like each other a lot. He's probably not coming, but we still have a wide receiver that is coming, a couple. And we got one right for here in the state of Georgia, Dominic Blaylock. Yep, out of Walton. Out of Walton. Another five-star kid, a composite five-star kid, the number six wide receiver in the nation. He's only six foot tall, 187 pounds. So he's going to be exclusively in the slot. But this kid's the son of a former NBA player for the Hawks, Mookie Blaylock. <laughs> That's awesome. I did not know that. Point guard. The kid has the best feet on the team right now. He walks in the in the wide receiver room, and nobody has the feet this kid has. He's not going to blind you with his speed, but he will put a move on you and leave you landing on your face somewhere on the turf. <laughs> it's good. Like I said, he's not going to go outside and post guys up and jump over the out of the gym to catch the ball, but he's going to – He's going to work and make moves, get open, and, and score. I mean, he's just so he's a not gamer. the He's not the back shoulder security blanket that Fromm loves, like a Wims or a Holloman. But he's more like, uh, you want to say he's more like a Miko Hardman type, I guess. Well, maybe not as fast as Hardman. He's not though, as right? fast as Hardman, but he's probably, he's a more seasoned receiver. Sure. He's going to get in there. There's watch his film. There's there's a clip of him in the open field kind of going over the middle, maybe on a slant route, and he's got a defender coming right at him. And he's and he's running full speed, stops on a dime, puts a spin move on the guy, spins out left and wide and then goes on for a touchdown. The guy just flies by him. I mean, you have to see it to really understand. I mean, this left me with my mouth wide open like, wow. How did he stop, turn, spin, and go all in that one motion? But, I mean, I guess when your dad's a borderline Hall of Fame point guard in the NBA. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, you're going to have a different level of athleticism than other people. That's how you do it. Right. We also stole a wide receiver out of Baton Rouge, Micaiah Tongue. Mm-hmm. This guy, this he's... Again, opposite of Blaylock. Again, not a not a burner, but he's six foot two, two hundred and ten pounds right now. I mean, yeah, and physical. He will he will block. He can play linebacker if needed. He's that type of get kid. When I think of him, they got him listed as an athlete, right? Do you think right. there might be some other position in his future? I, if if people just develop at wide receiver at a high rate above him. Then yeah, I could see him switching to some type of star or linebacker. But right. the kid's a good wide receiver. He plays the role physically. He blocks his tail off. I mean, he's out there crack blocking. I mean, think Heinz Ward at the receiver position. Not all around quarterback, running back, but at wide receiver. Think Heinz Ward is what you're getting with this kid. I hear you. How about this new quarterback? This other quarterback we signed out of Oak Park, man. How you are you happy about this guy? I, you know, I know I knew very little about this guy. I knew his name. I knew he'd been on campus before, like two years ago, briefly. Um, but I, I was very surprised by it. I um, I was caught off because I was more caught up in trying to follow what was going on with Justin Fields, 
And sure. I'd caught wind that maybe Ohio State had reached out to Justin prior to him getting in the portal, which if everybody does not know what the portal is, because most of us did it until now, the portal is just a website you put your name in that is based with the NCAA that allows teams to contact you. And your coaching staff can do nothing about it. You tell them you want to go in it. They put your name in it. Now you can receive contact from other teams without it being considered tampering. I've understood that maybe Ohio State reached out right when they heard that he was interested in transferring. Sure. So just to find out that Dwan Mathis, the kid we flipped, was the Ohio State commit, that made it that much better. But the kid's raw talent. He's six foot six, two hundred and eight pounds. He's deceptively fast. He runs like a four six, but it's straight line speed. It's not one of those guys that's out there making moves that's thinking I'm gonna run first and make everybody miss. Not that guy. He is considered a pro style quarterback. The beauty about Dwan is he and his father have made it very clear he's got one reason for being Athens. That's to to sit and learn behind Jake Fromm and not be a distraction to this team. Right. It's out of their mouth. His physical tools and attitude, they add up to someone that one day will be successful. He's not ready today. But most quarterbacks aren't. He's a kid that with a year or two in the system could potentially put up great numbers. Right. We just Man, could, that's awesome. Yeah, just, and I, I didn't notice the kid is 6'6". Six, six. I looked at his speed. The very first thing I thought when I saw he was 6'6", six, six was I was thinking about Cam Newton, right? You know, I was thinking about a guy who was tall and could run and all that stuff and could throw the ball a mile and stuff. And uh, this kid does have – you know, an interesting skill set with his height and his, his his length and range and stuff, you know. But after coming off this Fields thing, I am, as you said, I'm more impressed with his – I'm more impressed with his attitude and it, the things that are coming out of his mouth and coming out of his family's mouth. The kind of kid he seems to be, the way he was raised and the, the attitude he has coming in, right? It looks like he's got uh, – more than just the physical tools to be successful. Right. He's got the attitude to be successful. That's something that we're lacking right now. So he, he's going to bring the right attitude. He's going to be the perfect complement to the quarterback room behind a kid like Jake, who is 100% attitude. He's always has the right attitude. <laughs> right. So, yeah, he's going to be the perfect student. Um, well, time will tell what any quarterback turns into. Those guys are not surefire things. You look at the list of five-star quarterbacks the last 10 years and see how many be- turned out. I mean, it's not an exceptionally high rate. This kid's right. a, a four-star, but he's a high four-star. I think we can develop him, at, at the very least, into a really good backup, and that's something every team needs. Well, with all the talk about Isaac Nauta, possibly breaking out and heading uh heading to the pros you know and having charlie warner we have a lot of good tight ends on this team um charlie and luke we've got guys that can play yeah what do you think about this guy out of kinsaw mountain ryland well ryland is i i like him to be 
in the mold of a Jeb, probably. He's not his measurables aren't going to blow you off the or going to blow you away. More right. of a blue collar. Go out there. I'm going to block. I'll catch some balls. Ability to catch some balls, but he's not going to go out there and be the next Gronkowski. But sure, he's not he has, a super high productive. He's not going to be a high. He's not going to be a featured tight end catching the ball. No, but he's six foot five and and. and can jump a little bit, so he can definitely get in the end zone and give you a jump ball. Um, he can he can do everything we need a tight end to do. We don't have to have a, a thousand yard, ten touchdown tight end to be successful. And we, in fact, we don't have one. So, and we've been pretty successful. But speaking of tight ends, Luke Ford. Mm-hmm. He's in the portal. Luke Ford is gone. I mean, he's as Damn good it. as gone. Just, just so you know, the only reason Luke Ford is there is because Justin Fields and Luke built a relationship after several camps and combines together. They built a chemistry, went in some seven-on-seven competitions, things like that. And he said it before he ever committed. Where are you going to play college ball at, Luke? I'm going to go where Justin Fields goes. And that's what he did. Damn it. I was kind of thinking, I guess I was hoping he might stay, but what the well, hell? I mean, you know, it, there's, it's, it's not solid. They Neither kid has, and I don't think they can until after this bowl game. So, sure. But it, it's not definitive. It's I know, just, I know, but they're probably gone. Oh, yeah. From everybody I've talked to that said, you know, once you hit the portal, it's basically a wrap. Right, because what you're saying is, I mean, you know, hell, it's like, I mean, it's like putting in your damn two week notice, right? You put, I mean, you put, exactly. I mean, you don't think about, but you don't talk about putting in your two week notice unless uh, things have, even if you stay, or you know, I mean, it, it is, it's not good, right? It's, it's just not good. No, Let's, we're at the, we're at the point now where, and and Luke, I think, has been nothing but a upstanding, well behaved kid while he was there i think it's a tale of two different situations but just in my opinion on this once somebody wants to leave it, they should it, leave right it's best that they go as quickly as possible so take care so let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball because that's it. where most of the action was that's, on signing day that is where most of the action was on signing day we signed a Wow. We didn't miss on anything on defense. We got everything we went to get. Everything. We did not miss on a single solitary player. There you go, dog fans. Talk to you later. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> we got everything we wanted, man. We did. Well, well, we, we it starts at the it. top with the number one player in the country, yes. Nolan Smith. Nolan weak Smith. side defensive end. Yes, he's going to play outside linebacker, weak side the end. He's 6'3 235 pounds, and as much of a freak athlete as we've ever had in Athens. He's from Savannah, Georgia, played his last few years of high school at IMG Academy. The kid is such a freak. He runs a 4'5'40", 41-inch vertical. And vertical doesn't really mean a lot to most people in football, but it's a great gauge of athleticism. Yeah. It's a great gauge of athleticism. This kid is going to come off the edge and be a quarterback's nightmare. 
he's he's a future first round NFL talent. Not on top of that, I mean the kid doesn't have to play ball. He, I mean he's he has to go to college. I assure you that because his parents his parents are do- both of them are doctors. Right. So if y'all see this video online of him and this Ford Raptor that he got at graduate or, or when he right at graduate graduated and committed all about the same time because these early graduates are mid December. So of course all the Florida, Tennessee, Alabama fans are on the internet now because or not because, but saying, Yeah, obviously we spent seventy thousand dollars signing Nolan Smith and buying him a Ford Raptor. Right. Look, this kid's parents, they're doctors. Right. I mean <laughs> He was paying $15,000 a year to go to high school before he went to IMG. Right. This kid, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, this kid goes to IMG. He goes where he wants. He does what he wants. He's got the means to do what he wants, and he's ridiculously talented. He's ridiculously talented, and that's even more special to me when you've got a kid that works that hard to be that good. That doesn't have to do that. Well, he doesn't really have to do it. It'd be easy to coast, right? Money is not motivating him. This NFL paycheck, he he knows what it's like to have the finer things in life. So he's never going to be the focus of an ESPN uh, 30 on 30 where they're like growing up on the mean streets of, you know, Winter Park, Florida. (laughs) Right, no. No. Yeah. No, but it should be a 30 for 30 special. Growing up in a house where you didn't want for anything, but you still found this work ethic to become the number one player in all of high school. Because I don't care how naturally gifted you are, it takes a lot of work to be that good. This kid puts in work, and he does it in the classroom as well. My favorite clip of him, somebody took at IMG, he's got his. He's been practicing until he's got on, maybe it's spring, it's shorts and, you know, the the Under Armour style tight fitted shirts on. And he's laying down in the grass doing his homework while all the other kids are chit-chatting, doing whatever. He's studying and doing homework in between practice. I mean, he's just that kid. He's going to be successful at whatever he does. We're fortunate, very fortunate to be able to land those kids now because there was a time in Athens that we couldn't do it. Yeah, there was a time when we didn't average the number two class in the country, right? Average the number two class in the country. Yeah, we didn't quite. I think we averaged about six and a half in the nation, which Kirby's worst class will be better than Mark Rick's average. And if it wasn't for Mark Rick's recruiting class when Kirby took over, We'd be way ahead, and in the in the years without Mart Rick, like you said, we're averaging the number two class in the nation. So that's how you build championship teams, my friend. Yeah, we're getting guys like Nicobe Dean, number one inside linebacker. This kid, you know, by all accounts, if you want to know. You know, we've been talking a lot about Monty Rice, and Monty Rice is amazing. I hope he's going to be back for the Sugar Bowl. But this Dean kid, uh, he is also looking like a pretty good inside linebacker. This Dean kid is very special. He's the number one inside linebacker, the number one player in Mississippi. Six foot tall, 220 pounds right now. So he's got the body to play inside linebacker today. And 
inside linebacker is one of those positions that typically we have to get in and put meat on their bones to get and, them large enough, strong enough to hold up against these running backs. And also coach them, right? right. Like Mel Tucker told me last summer, you know, we're building and, and working with these guys, right? Trying to get their brain right and their body right to call the defense, to be the guy in the center of the storm on the defensive side of the ball, right? But this kid is halfway there, right out of the box, at least halfway there, I think if not more. He's probably more than halfway because right. the, the inside linebacker, the middle linebacker, depends on which defense you're running, they're essentially the quarterback – of the defense, as you said, because you're calling the defense. You're making sure everybody's in the play, in position. Everybody knows what they're doing. The An average, a football player of average intelligence is going to struggle at this position. Fortunately, N'Kobe Dean, 4.0 plus in high school. Plus, over a 4.0 in high school. Crazy. Crazy smart kid. I mean, he met, not only did he, everywhere that he was very interested, not only did he meet with the football coaches and football team, he went and met professors and everyone in academics to see what was going to be the best fit for him in that area as well. He's going into engineering, so he wanted to make sure that, hey, not only am I going to play the best football I can play, but I want to leave with the best education as well. I mean, just a different type of kid. This How is, rare is that, man? <laughs> it, it's, that's, that's really rare. Right, and when you heard Kirby talking about the kid, all these things that Kirby knows about his high school football career, over and over he talked about you know the kid's GPA and, and his academics. And to combine both, again... These are kids that these kids are, are kids that don't fail. They find a way to get it done. Right. Well, another great player we pulled in too, Trayvon Walker, another defensive one. tackle. Yeah. An outside, an inside, and a tackle. Right. Five star defenders in the box. Yeah, he's complete. He's a number one DT in the country. And a complete player right now. He's listed at 6'5", 275. I've heard that he's probably going to walk in at about 285. Kid was the I best basketball player on his high school basketball team as well. Mm. So, just a different level athlete. Going back to you got to have feet to play in the NBA. So he's not going to get stuck on that line with concrete shoes and not going to be able to move. He's going to be able to get push and get around. These kids, they're just they're cut from a different cloth. This this defensive class is special. Yeah. You got guys and that's, you know, we haven't even touched on kids like Ryan Davis and Marshall and Bill Norton. Man, we're just we're sick. With four and five star defenders in the box, man, it's crazy. Linebackers on top of inside linebackers stacked on top of outside linebackers tucked inside of safeties. 
Right. Man. I mean, we, we, we've got a kid, and we, like you said, it's, it's impossible to go over every single one in a, in a reasonable amount of time. But we got the number two player in Tennessee in Bill Norton. He was the number one. He, he slipped to number two. Somebody went over him. We've got a kid like Ryan Davis, the number four outside linebacker, but he's going to move inside. He's nursing an AC or rehabbing an ACL, so we he's a red shirt candidate, but another guy that if he was healthy would compete for for playing time right away. Right away. He's he's 240 pounds right now. 6 foot 2. <laughs> right now. Man. The safety Lewis Sign, number 3 safety in the nation. 6 foot 2, 180, fast, long, physical gets after it, he's going to be competing day one in Athens for <laughs> for snaps. I'm telling you. Uh, one more. I'll touch on one more. kid named Zion Lugue. That's six, the guy, yeah. Out of Lebanon, Tennessee, that was the Lebanon, guy I was fixing Tennessee. to bring up, man. Six foot six, 287 pounds, and he's still growing. In between his junior and senior seasons, he went from 240 to 285 pounds. <laughs> I'm telling you what, man. He's Out of hit, the great state of Tennessee. Yes, he's going to hit 320 by his sophomore season. Think, I mean, potentially like another Jordan Davis. Yeah. That's exactly I'm what I'm thinking. Um, A kid who can just wreak Havoc, havoc in the box in between the tackles right anywhere he goes the kid's gonna wreak havoc <laughs> absolutely gonna wreak havoc oh yeah and then you know not even mentioning the dang defense i mean we got juco transfers really ready to play kids right now right one now. out of independence that kid the number one juco player in the country Defensive end, ready to play right now. Defensive ends, cornerbacks, defensive tackles. Um, we we ripped the JUCO ranks as well. Uh, we fleeced the JUCO ranks. We got what we needed. Jermaine Johnson, like you said, DN or in our system will be an outside linebacker, six foot six, two hundred forty, two hundred fifty pounds. Right now, he's the guy that. When he steps on the field, people are like, holy shit. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I gotta, the, the bad news about him is he's probably not going to be here after next year. He's yeah. going to come in. He's going to take time right now. He's probably going to walk on the field, our very best pass rusher today, and he's going to murder some quarterbacks and then go get a paycheck <laughs> in the NFL next year. Probably he's one and done, but he is a pass rushing machine. Simple as that. It's ridiculous. And we stole the number three JUCO prospect in DJ Daniel, cornerback, six foot tall, hundred eighty pounds, plug and play. He's ready to compete right now. So everybody worried that you know Eric Stokes did great, but who do we have opposite of him? Is Tyson Campbell going to be ready? Or are we going to get? Tyreek Stevens, is he coming? What are we going to do? Well, it's DJ Daniel. DJ Daniel is probably is ready to go right now. Yeah, yeah. he's ready right now. He's fast twitch. He's more in the mold of like a like a Eric Stokes, a more twitchy type of guy. Can run, can turn, get his body in the right place. We're good right there. I mean, mm. Kirby, Guys, like said, Kirby let's play ball, it. baby. Exactly. Let's play ball. I need it to be August of 2019 right now. 
And we're not done yet. There's still three or four more guys that we're going to sign. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, this, remember, this is early signing day, right? This is not even like <laughs> – I mean, I don't know. It's crazy. This is really like the real signing day, but you still have the quote unquote actual signing day, the good old fashioned signing day. We're still working. Dell McGee is still grinding, buddy, getting it. He's getting after it. He really is. We're going to, we're going to grind it out. We're going to sign three to four more guys. Um, Another offensive tackle. We're going to get another wide receiver another defensive back, be it a safety or a corner. And then at that point with the fourth the fourth spot, we'll take the best. If there's a guy there that we think is just a really great player, regardless of position, the highest guy on the board, if he just jumps out, we'll take that fourth guy as well. And that's how we'll finish off the class. But like you said, early signing day is now the real signing day. You just, it really is. You, you just try to cherry pick those last few spots in February. Hey, we didn't even mention Kenny McIntosh. Pretty damn good running back. Four-star running back out of Florida. He's no damn slouch, man. He's Dell McGee's boy. And uh, Kenny McIntosh is going to compete for playing time as well, I think. Absolutely. Real quick. It, it, he's from Fort Lauderdale. He's played good competition. Six foot one, 218, 220 pounds today. I, I like him. Uh, I think Musa Smith. And everybody's like, well, Musa wasn't that great. Musa was good. He was real good. He made it to the NFL, so I guess you can not be that great and go to the NFL. But guess what? <laughs> guess what Musa didn't have? Mark Rick recruited one, and I'm going to tell you, one top 100 offensive lineman in like the last decade. Mm-hmm. So, and like two in his whole tenure. So Musa Smith, could you imagine – what he could do running behind the wall of Pittman. Imagine no Sean Moreno running. I mean, if you want to talk exactly. about, you want to talk about guys that God think about no Sean Moreno with Sam Pittman's offensive line. I mean, if, well, if you want to talk about that, think about Todd Gurley. Well, I know, I knew that's what you were about <laughs> yeah. to say, dude. But but McIntosh, I mean, I, I like him a uh, liking him to a lot like Musa Smith. He's a big bruiser. He, and the reason McIntosh was such a priority for us, I think that's the one area that we didn't really have covered in our running game last year. That big boulder that we just sent right up the middle. We 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 lost Christian Payne, and uh, you know we haven't had a guy like that uh, since even really even before Christian Payne, right? So uh, yeah, we haven't had a guy like the the guy who could pound almost like. I mean, when I think about Musa Smith, I'm thinking you're really thinking about a kid in a fullback mold, right? Uh, kind of. You're talking yeah. about a guy in a fullback mold. Yeah, you, you could you could look more of a of a fullback in that aspect, but I mean, he but the thing about McIntosh, but he does have the. I mean, he he's not a one trick pony. He can only go up the middle and get you three yards. He he's a complete running back. He's not a. Sure. He's not. He doesn't have game breaking speed. Um. So he he's not going to outrun a DB, but he's not a liability either. I mean, just you get him in the open field, somebody's probably going to track him down. So he's not going for 80 yards on that touchdown run. He might go for 40. But, it, yeah, he, he he's a perfect addition to our running back room, especially with the word that we're getting that Holyfield is looking like he's coming back. Yes. 
I am liking some Holyfield and DeAndre Swift next year. Oh, absolutely. Another year in the system, all the way healthy DeAndre Swift. Holyfield, this experience that he gained this year should look there there's we're we're getting screwed and i'm not one that cares about pre-season rankings i'm not even i don't even care about mid-season rankings because we see what it takes to get the rankings that matter are the final four when it comes to playoffs but we're getting screwed if we're not in the top two i agree i actually rankings. think you can make a strong case i'm telling you Irrespective, I'm telling you, irrespective of what happens in the college football playoff, you guys might think this is crazy, but I've actually been promoting this. I'm telling you, I think, and again, I agree with Jamie, it doesn't matter. I don't really care that much because we still got to do it on the field. But I'm telling you, you can make a real case for putting Georgia at number one overall. I mean, number one preseason next year. Absolutely. If we're not in the top two, then it's it's – it's Travis. We should. I think you can make a case that we're number one preseason next year. I mean, I guarantee you, we could do a whole show and tell them why. And if they'd listen, they'd do it. I mean, it was, based on the damn SEC championship game alone and the kind of talent we've got coming back, if you believe the SEC championship game and you believe the talent we got coming back, how do you not look at us for number one? And like you said, no lower than number two. No, two is as far as we can go. As right. far as we can go is to, there is not a, a sane human being that can look at us in the face and say, and our, and our roster and say, you know, you're, you're no, there's, 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 there's two or three more teams in the country with a better roster than that. That's impossible. We proved that with the kind of output and productivity we got out of this class this year. Right. Right. So, I mean, this class just gets better next year. So, Dog fans, we appreciate you listening, man. We hope you guys have an awesome Christmas, and we hope that uh, the holidays are safe and happy. You guys have a great New Year's. we got a big game coming up, and we've got the Texas, the Sugar Bowl pregame show coming up after Christmas, probably going to come out on Friday, and we've got a special guest, a Texas guy is going to be on the show. I've recruited doing some recruiting of my own there, Jamie. I got a guy. He's a, a professional football coach and a Texas partisan. He's going to come on and tell us everything we need to know about this Texas football program. He's an all-around great guy, fun guy to have on the show. And uh, I think you might appreciate his perspective on the Longhorns. Uh, I'll tell you right now, he's not um, – I mean, he thinks the Longhorns are every bit of a 12- to 14-point underdog, right? He's he's not looking forward to playing the dogs, but um, he's going to tell us what we need to know about Texas. Wow, that's a great addition. I know, what we need, right? Because I don't know much about Texas. I, I know they got a pretty good little quarterback, and I don't know, their defense is Big 12, but that's about all I know about it. So we're going to find out about Texas. Get you guys learned up, smartened up, so you have something fun and cool to talk about while we beat the damn Longhorns down in the middle of the Sugar Bowl. I'm ready for that. Jamie, you got anything else? Oh, that's it, buddy. I'm just, I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready to finish out this recruiting class. But first and foremost, we're going to dispatch a Texas. That's right. And guys, 
all of you who bought the Davenports, who looked at the Davenports, you guys that listened to the Michael Davenport Christmas special and bought the Davenports, I really, we really, really appreciate it. Um, as I said before, 100%, actually more than 100% of the money that you give goes straight to Davenport. Um, there's no damn admin fee or anything like that. I give all the money to my buddy Eric, and Eric gives all the damn money to Michael. So um, we really appreciate you guys looking at the artwork. And uh, one of you guys suggested that we like open a little store, like we make that an all-the-time thing. And just so you know, it is an all-the-time thing, okay? Uh, that button, that Buy It Now button on the website is always there, 365 days a year. And believe me when I say, we always have Davenport inventory, okay? We have so many damn Davenports. If you want something special, tell me what you want. We'll get him to paint that, okay? We just need uh, we need you guys to send in the money so we can keep the support for him going. And uh, thanks to everybody who bought one. All you got to do is go to the website and uh, click on the PayPal store buttons on the left-hand side. You can select one. There's a link on the website uh, in the show notes of the last show we did. Um, you can see our live inventory. If you don't like those, though, tell me the one you want, and I'll freaking get the one you want, whatever you want. If you want one of those Rose Bowl ones, let me know. We'll get get it um because it's really a 365 day a year project for the dog cast right so we appreciate you guys stepping up big at christmas time to help out a guy who needs the help and jamie merry christmas buddy merry christmas to you buddy merry christmas we had a great year in the bunker man and we got one more big game guys we'll see you back for that uh Pre-game show late this week. Y'all have a great Christmas. Call us at 706-363-0210. Listen to us on Stitcher and Spotify and, uh, hell, I don't know, all the Google Podcasts, iTunes. We're everywhere. Um, Spotify is a cool way to listen to us. And um, you can email us at dogcast at gmail.com. See us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at dogcast. Just type in dogcast. Yeah, We're worldwide. <laughs> We're worldwide, baby. 100,000-watt flamethrower from 60 feet underneath the Sanford Stadium turf. Thanks for listening, guys. Tell your friends Merry Christmas and go dogs. Go dogs.